Have you ever heard somebody say, we just need to pray for revival? What do you think about that? I was just asking myself that question today, and I just wrote something out. Can I read it to you? This is kind of how my heart answered me on that one. We don't just pray for revival. But we lead into revival with the lifestyle of staying revived, seeking God, yielding to the righteousness and praying, yielding to righteousness and praying. If we are staying full of the word and the Holy Spirit and living lives that are pleasing to the Lord, being Christian examples, that's a good idea, right? If we are praying for our pastors, our fellow church members, for the lost to come in, for the church services, and praying that Christ be formed in the young ones, then revival will come. God will confirm his word with miraculous signs following. That is a certainty. Do we need to pray for revival? If we are sharing Christ, boldly proclaiming the gospel, laying hands on the sick and, and oppressed, helping to restore our brothers and sisters in the Lord, etc., revival will come. It most certainly will. We don't have to wait on the pastor to have a revived message. We don't have to wait on the evangelist to come and have a miraculous service. Although we're believing for that. We don't have to wait for someone special to come and lay hands on us. We can have revival every day of our lives. And it starts in our homes. And it starts with being right. Amen? And all of us need to remember that, don't we? Praise God. So I want you to turn... Now, am I saying don't pray for revival? Well, I'm saying that if we stay revived and we just pray for what God's word says we can have and then just thank God for it, we'll see it. In other words, if you're just praying revival but you're not doing the rest of that, if if we're not living revived, then we're not going to be ready for revival when it comes. We're not going to be ready to take care of people that are coming in and getting saved. Because with revival, it's not just reviving the congregation because half of them are dead. Falling out in the back row and the ambulance is coming, taking people out and it's like, no, they're fine. They're just spiritually dead. They just... No, we'll have revival when we become to the church revived. When we're so excited about prayer and the things of God, and, and even though we know maybe we missed it today, maybe we missed it 50 times, but we get back up and we say, you know what? I am revival. As a matter of fact, I'm just revival going to happen. And that doesn't mean you're coming to control the pastor and saying, you need to do this. But you're coming with the joy of the Lord and, and, and you're getting things right before you come. And if you missed it, you get back up and say, Lord, I'm sorry. And you're not living in condemnation. But you're saying, he who began a good work in me is faithful to complete it. He's working in me both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And it doesn't matter what area we have missed it in because sin is sin. 
sin has different consequences. You understand that. But sin is sin. Amen. Revival is simply getting revived yourself and bringing it with you wherever you go. And God will confirm a church that is full of the word, full of the spirit, and using their faith every day. Amen? Praise the Lord. So that was all free. I want to go to Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. And in verse 1 it says, Stand fast therefore in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Stand fast, therefore, Galatians 5.1, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. And I want to look at that word liberty. Liberty is God-given privilege. In Christ, we have rights and privileges to redemptive grace here on this earth and a heavenly home when we die in the flesh, right? And this is something that I wrote some time back, but I I found it in my notes, so I'm going to read it. Whatever has your attention is what, what you are either addicted to or what you are a slave to. Whatever has your attention. What has your attention? You may say, I thought this was prayer night, Pastor Debbie. I believe that when we get to the prayer part, we can first get through the part of laying down those things which are bondages to us. Lay down those things which are burdening us. Lay down those things which is affecting our own personal revival. Because how can we pray in faith... Because many times we come and just go through the motions. I know a lot of people in here tonight, you've been working, maybe you're tired, what have you. But just be refreshed. Just Go ahead, just take a deep breath. (sighs) Praise the Lord. And then let the word that's being taught just go into you and refresh you. I mean, we sang a song of refreshing. And when we sang that, it's like, oh, praise the Lord. And I just took hold of refreshing. I mean, that ministered refreshing to me, didn't it you? See, that's why we're here, not to just, you know, have the worship team sing pretty songs and, you know, jump up and down, act weird. Um, They didn't do that tonight, thank God. But it's to minister to you. We're not entertaining you, we're ministering the word to you. And it's okay to rejoice in the Lord. It's okay to do that, isn't it? So I'm not making fun of somebody if they're jumping up and down, but let's do it in the spirit. Let's not do it in the flesh. Let's not try to entertain the people like a rock concert. Well, I'll move right along. I'm not trying to put anybody down. I'm, I'm just saying that that doesn't help us. Amen. True revival comes out of the heart. And really, Pastor Nancy was talking about that being a lifestyle. Being full of the word and full of the spirit is the lifestyle with which we can pray. With which we can believe God. And frankly, when I was a teenager, I went to rock concerts and I did things to try to get, you know, refreshed and whatever. It was the world's way. And I don't need that in the church. How about you? I want to yield to my spirit. Pastor was talking about yielding inside, not on the outside. 
And when we yield to the things of the flesh to try to revive us, if we're just always trying to work it up, if we're always trying to get, okay, I, I, I need a movie to help me out. I mean, I'm not putting down movies. I mean, as long as it's a good movie, you know, um, something not a carnal one that's going to pull you down. But we're always looking for natural things. Okay, I need a friend to come over and build me up. I need, you know, it's one thing if your friend's coming over and you're sharing scriptures with one another. Oh, really? You do that? <laughs> Absolutely. Some of the most wonderful times I've had in fellowship is just around God's word. And it's like, you know, God's been saying this. Can I bounce some things off of you? And, and not prophesying to one another and being weird. You understand? No, you, just because Pastor Jay and I operate in that prophetic office many times, not as much in the church, more on the road, you would think we sit around prophesy to one another. You would think that we sit around, you know, and we're just calling people up on the phone, prophesying to them. No, I'm not a weirdo, okay? You may think so. You get up there and you're, hallelujah. We're yielding to the Spirit of God, and you know, it, God does put on a show in the church. But it's something that is of the Spirit, it's of the heart, and our heart has to be right. So what I'm trying to say is if you're always yielding to things, you're trying to get built up by fleshly things, it's the heart. It's the Spirit, man. And uh, we'll go no further with that, praise the Lord. So. Whatever has your attention is what you are addicted to or what you are a slave to. However, putting our attention on and living for Christ is not a bondage, but rather a privilege. Liberty is being free from duty. Did anybody, yeah, don't raise your hand, before you came to church, it's like, oh, i got to go to church tonight. <sighs> rather stay home, watch Highway to Heaven. How's that going to help you? <laughs> all right. We've all been there, done that. You don't have to raise your hand, but let's deal with that a little bit. Liberty is being free from that. Liberty is being free from duty. It is not a duty or an obligation, but it is an honor which we accomplish by God's grace within. True liberty is living as we should, not as we please. And really, we all know that when we get through the traffic, when we finally get home, get a shower, and, you know, and, and, and get through the traffic and, you know, feed the dog and cat and, and get the kids and everything, we make it to church and we're sitting there. It's kind of like Pastor Jay and I when we're endeavoring to get out of town, you know, to go to a conference or something. When you sit in the plane uh, chair, you're like, oh, wow, we made it. You ever feel that way? Yeah. yeah, like five minutes ago, right before the service. You made it. You, you, you're, you haven't quite got the prize, but you're getting it, okay? In other words, you have an expectation. We, we came uh, because we knew that there's freedom here. If you don't know it, the anointing breaks the yoke of bondage. And whatever you're dealing with in your life, I believe that God's spirit is ministering to individuals. I don't have anything to give you, but Christ in me. And Peter said, well, I have give I thee in, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So in him, 
we can minister effectively. In him, we can give the word and you can be sitting there in your chair and say, thank you, Lord. I'm giving my attention to your word. Therefore, life is working. Intend to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Proverbs 4, 20 through 22 there. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart for they are what? Life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. So what do you need? Let that minister to you so that when we get to a part of praying and giving out, you've taken in. You've been ministered to. You're ready to pray for your fellow man. You're ready to, to pray for your church. You're ready to pray for the conference. I want to be at the conference. I understand that. So do I. I wasn't real excited about canceling my ticket and not going. Well, why didn't you go? That's my business. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm glad I'm here too. I had every intention of going, but just, just thing after thing kept coming up, and I just had a piece about staying. That's what I do. So that, that's what we're doing here. So uh, anyway, let's go ahead and read in Galatians 5. Let's go on down to verse 4. Oh, let's just go back to verse 2 there. Indeed, I, Paul, say to you that if you have become circumcised, Christ will profit you nothing. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised that he is a debtor to keep the whole law. He's just basically saying, you know, you're just following the natural things. In verse 4, you have become estranged from Christ. You who attempt to be justified by law or just by doing the natural things, you have fallen from grace. For we, through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness uh, by faith. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. So let's talk about that a little bit. Believing in Jesus and walking in love is the commandment of the New Testament. And we can go back to 1 John 3 on that, can't we? To believe in Jesus... In other words, to just have faith and to be walking in love. So if we're not walking in love, then that's going to affect our faith. But let's, let's move on here. Let's go to verse 13. For you, brethren. And you know, that means loving God, which is putting him first. That means loving yourself. That means loving your brother and sister in Christ. That means even helping others. Rather than putting somebody down if they miss it and say, I don't know. I'd never do that. I wouldn't, I, I would not, I've learned over the years not to make that type of a statement. Don't open the door to the enemy to come in your life and ravage you by putting somebody else down. Like I said, sin is sin, but some things have more consequences than others, but that doesn't mean we are the judge. We pray for people that they would be restored. That's our job. And sometimes we have to love long distance, don't we? We understand that. Verse 13, for you, brethren, have been called to liberty, freedom. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For all the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you be consumed by one another. And we have to constantly look at our, our heart for God, but our heart to serve, especially those in the household of faith. 
And yes, to look around and, and, and win the lost and lay hands on the sick and as the Spirit leads us to boldly proclaim Jesus at the Walmart or wherever you're at. And we've told stories about, uh, I, I'm not going to tell all the stories tonight, but I've just had ample opportunities, not just laying hands on people, but sometimes just talking to somebody, sometimes, many times just telling veterans we appreciate you and paying for people's groceries and or going across the street and the Lord leading me to go minister to this person or giving somebody a ride. Don't do that every day. I gave a mom and her son a ride one day. I was just prompted by the spirit. They were carrying their groceries and I, and I said, I, I stopped the car and I said, do you all live around here? Well, not really. We're walking over this way. And I'm like, well, get in. And uh, I was just prompted to ask him if they'd eaten, eaten anything. I said, are y'all hungry? And she said, oh, we're, we're okay. And he's like, I'm hungry. <laughs> Don't you love that? And I'm like, but can I take you to the Taco Bell? And she, well, uh, sure. So we went through the Taco Bell and, and we just got him some food and then dropped him off. And, and I said, you know, I'm a Christian. And God just prompted me to, and she says, ma'am, I'm a Christian too. And thank you. Thank you. See, we can judge people because of their skin color, because they're carrying groceries or what have you. None of that mattered. I just had a lead in. I just had an unction. And you don't just do that with everybody. So young people, don't practice this at home. Okay. <laughs> Amen. You have to use wisdom in these things. Let's go down to verse 16. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And let's look what walk means. Walk. And again, uh, Pastor Nancy said last night at the prayer conference, it's a, it's a lifestyle of being filled with the word and the spirit. So that's kind of my theme tonight. It's a lifestyle, amen, that brings revival. We don't just pray for revival. It's a lifestyle that will bring it. It means to tread all around, to walk, means to live, to be occupied with. In other words, it's a lifestyle. It's walking out what is on the inside of you. And what we put on the inside is going to come out. My friend, it's so easy to let things just start begrudging being a Christian. It's, it's so easy, begrudging coming to church. Begrudging. They asked me to do so much at that local church. I mean, really? But in all honesty, most people that are talking like that are talking that way about their job, are talking that way about my husband's always asking me to do this. And, uh, or my boss is always asking me, to, you know, your boss is asking you to do it because you're a skilled worker and, and you're good at what you do. Thank God for that. And like Pastor Debbie Simons, she talks, I was talking with my mom about this the other day, you know, the testimony that Pastor Debbie Simons gives that her mom was a plant manager and she, she grew from just being on the assembly line because she would get there early, she would leave late, she would never complain, she would, and she, she ended up, they would do anything for her. How many know that if we spend half our life complaining... So if we change our perspective, we're going to have to change what we're hearing. 
in order to change your perspective on this world and, and, and change your complaining, you're going to have to change what you're hearing. If you're changing what you're hearing, you're going to have to be in atmospheres that are conducive for spiritual growth. What does that mean? You're going to have to cut off some friends. You're going to have to cut off some things you're looking at. Some people, I mean, Pastor Jay addressed it in the house meeting, you know. I, I'm not down on guys because women, we need to pray for our husbands. And a, a, a big reason that some of the men have failed in some areas is because the wives aren't praying for them. So I'm just saying, so it goes both ways. But Pastor Jay said, you know, some of you have lost your first love. And we've all been there and done that, haven't we? But what are we going to do about it? Because we come and we pray and we want our prayers to be effective. And if we are going to effectively expand, effectively grow, effectively see people saved, effectively, then it's going to take us changing our perspective. But that's going to be changing what we're hearing. And that means we're going to, be having, we're going to have to hear the word. We're going to have to be getting filled up with the Holy Ghost. I mean, it, it just means sometimes I was just, as I was making soup and whatever, I was just praying in the Holy Ghost. Well, somebody might hear me. Who, the devil? If you can't pray in the Holy Ghost in your home, if you're embarrassed, I mean, my, my mom was sitting over there and I wasn't like, no, I was just quietly praying to myself. No, I wasn't being weird or anything. Just praying, filling myself up. I want to be ready for the service tonight, you understand? So we, if we want to change our actions, really it goes down. We're going to have to change what we're hearing. Because we act on what we're hearing, what we're meditating upon. And what gets inside of us. And really these little things that just irritate us. Oh, I just can't believe they did that. Or I can't believe so-and-so did that. Or, or, and, and it just gets to where everybody else is missing it. But if you're like me... You're also putting yourself down. It's like, oh, Lord, if you had somebody better to, you know, <laughs> to do this, you might, you know, might actually have revival in the church. Well, revival in the church isn't just based on me, okay? I'm just saying, takes all of us. And when, it, it, and it starts like wildfire when, when not just one, we're not just waiting on the pastor to strike a keynote, Okay, we're waiting for everybody to come in and get in unity and start laying down the things of the flesh. And really that that oppression that's gotten inside because it's through your mind gate and it gets down into your spirit. Yeah, we're going to pray here in a little bit. I promise. If you listen, we'll pray. Because <laughs> we might as not, not pray if we're not ready to pray. No, we'll, we'll be ready. Amen. Um, What's on the inside of you? What have we allowed on the inside of us? Well, Pastor Debbie, I, I just got a lot going on. I know, been there, done that, had the t-shirt. Dealing with things right now, not to let distractions constantly, and it's a pileup effect. I understand. It's been a season, but am I going to glorify the devil? No. No, I'm not. I didn't even let anybody know, but I, I got food poisoning when I was in California and missed one of the day of classes. And, you know, I didn't like that. Yeah. I didn't like that at all. What'd you do about it? I went by faith the next day. Yeah. I threw up, got it all out of my system, if you wanted to know. 
I kept Anne and Teresa busy. <laughs> Because I couldn't get up out of bed. They had to help me, thank God, for helpers. Can I have more information? No, <laughs> you can't. I was just thankful that <laughs> me, two amigos were there. <laughs> amigas, excuse me, not oh, O's, <laughs> us. <laughs> anyway, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. To be occupied with, it's a lifestyle. And anything that we get on the inside, we've got to deal with it or it's going to hinder us. It will hinder our prayer life. Well, why will it hinder our prayer life? Because when we let oppression get inside, it hinders the avenues uh, that we can use our faith for. It hinders our confidence. It hinders our believing. It hinders our assurance. We see that in 1 John 3, don't we? Uh, let's just go there real quickly and we'll come back. This is a scripture that most of you are familiar with, but maybe not everybody. So we'll go to 1 John. We've been talking a lot about this lately, about not yielding to condemnation. Because the Holy Spirit convicts and he lets us know, look, you've been missing it in this area. And when you get this right, then I can bring, you know, your pipeline of faith is being clogged. It's being inhibited, and, and he is convicting you. He's showing you that. But condemnation is of the devil. And we let things of condemnation get in through oppression and that type of thing. And condemnation is you're a dog. You let that happen. You can't do anything right. That is not the Holy Spirit. That is not my heavenly father. I, Recently, I had a, a gift in, in an envelope given to me, rightly so, that he didn't give his name, but it was a pocket knife. It was a knife. And he gave it to me, and he said, I've been dealing with oppression, and I'm giving this because I didn't have anything else to give. And I thought, wow. So it's affecting lives, preaching the word. That was the second time in the matter of a couple weeks, I, I believe it was a couple weeks, that I had a testimony from young people of being oppressed. The one that gave the $500 said, I've been dealing with the tax, and I'm sowing this as a seed because I believe I'm free. Now, you don't have to pay for your freedom. But he was doing that because he knew that he, he, he was being led by the Spirit, I believe, and basically saying, agree with me that I'm free. I didn't know who it was, but he just had a name down there, and, you know, I, I, I prayed for him. I prayed for him. And then the other one that gave me his pocket knife and had been dealing with oppression, and, but one of the things he said, uh, well, no, it was a church uh, that I had ministered in. Uh, he said, when you ministered on condemnation, it blessed me so much. It brought freedom to me because I've, I've, I've been so condemned. About missing. And this is a young person. So, see, Satan's hitting people early. And if he's hitting these young people, what's he doing with those who are 40, 50, 60, 70? We have to get very skilled on saying, I'm not going to receive that anymore. But we let things get inside of us when we're not in the right atmospheres. We let things get inside of us when we are not filling ourselves with the word because it's the word of God that pushes out 
oppression. It's the word of God that pushes out, uh, you know, in order to be joyful, if you're oppressed, you need to uh, meditate on scriptures, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Amen. And then that just helps push out that oppression and let that joy. And really, you already have seeds inherent inside of your spirit. Man are all the seeds you need to grow effectively in your spiritual life. And let's let's uh, just really quick read this and then then we'll go back and, and find out about that. So in first John chapter three and and let's just. Read verse 18, my little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this, we know that we are of the truth and what we shall assure our hearts before him. And in assure is a faith term. It means our, we shall have a confident expectation for if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, knows all things. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. You know, parents... Your heart can condemn you because maybe you're not always raising your children right. But if you follow conviction and you go to the word of God, he'll show you how to do it. And he'll give you the strength to say no. And he'll give you the strength to put your foot down in the areas you need to. He'll give you the strength to be bold and not be passive and not let the child be the mom and dad, but you be the mom and dad. Why did I say that? Because the spirit gave me unction to say that in that moment. Amen. Assurance comes by getting full of the word and then pushing out the other junk that's hindering that word. And Pastor Nancy calls it the pipeline of faith. But it's, it's the power of God that flows through that pipeline. And only that power is not going to work in your life. It's going to be clogged from working without it, when, that, that, when that pipe is inhibited, clogged with the wrong things. So what do I do, Pastor Debbie? I just, I, I just feel so condemned. I just, I, I just can't do it. Change your words. Change what you're looking at. Change what you're saying. There are times when I just, oh, I just want to say I can't do it. Or I just want to talk about all the negatives because that's what the flesh wants to do. But I have to do the opposite. He works in me to will and to do of his good pleasure. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. And then I will just start saying, thank you, Lord. I'm healed. I'm whole. I'm full of life. I'm strong. I don't care how I feel. I don't care how many times I've missed it. No, you don't have to pray for five days straight to get right with God. Just in your moment, say, Father, forgive me. I need your help. But get the word back in there because to make it a lifestyle, you got you to gotta let it free flow in your life. And when it free flows, it washes the junk out. See, you're not going to have the effects of righteousness. You are righteous, my friend. That's who you are. Just like a Ford, you put it in the garage and it does not become Chevy. You are righteous. 
But how many knows if that four is, you got mud all over it, you don't know what in the world it is. But under all the mud, it's still a Ford. It's still stalled in the, in the garage. <laughs> no, no. I have a Ford, okay? And it's not stalling in the garage, okay? So... So, we'll, we'll, we'll take that statement back, all right? It was simply an illustration, okay? It wasn't what I was speaking over my... I wanted to have a little fun with it, you know, because... But moving right along. So anyway, beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. If our heart condemns us, why would our heart condemn us? Because the wrong things are getting in. And when the wrong things get in... The only way that you can handle that is just get up in the midst of it, say, Lord, I've let the wrong stuff in. I'm sorry. And just you, you get in the word. Put in, you know, a, a CD, a, something you know is edifying. Yes. You know, sometimes just good praise and worship. Now, we, we have our team's uh, album. We've got Pastor Nancy, and we have a new one, Angela Hendricks. Uh, she is actually, her and her husband are coming to the Lee Summit Church, and uh, she has a beautiful anointed voice. I don't know if you have got that CD, but you better hurry up and get one because I think they're selling pretty quick, and we've been hearing a lot of testimonies. Wonderful. My, my mom and I listen to it constantly in my car, so, so we're, we love that CD. But just be listening to things that are conducive for spiritual growth and, and just be reading. You know, I was thinking the other day, now I read the Bible, of course. I listen to CDs and things like that. But sometimes I just, I, I need to feed on just good books that are in the bookstore, just good teaching materials. Did you, I, I read my own book all the time. Why would I write it if I wasn't going to read it? All right. Move right along. So let's go back, and then we are going to do some praying here. Is this all right? So in verse 16, uh, let's go back to Galatians 5 and go to verse 16. So we're, we were talking about walking, and it is a lifestyle. So I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. All right, for the, for the flesh lust against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, and these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you, oops, I lost my place, that you wish. <laughs> Verse 18. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Not, now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like. Now, notice something. Does it just focus on one thing? See, we as Christians sometimes, there, there are certain sins that are just really bad. They're all bad. <laughs> They're all sin. They, they, we all fall short of God's glory when we yield to these things. We are the righteousness of God, but when we yield to sin, we allow this to get inside of us, and they hinder us. So when we pray, let's not look at, oh, I, I could never pray for them. Not for that. You know, there was a certain person recently that fell in the area, and you don't know who I'm talking about, so I won't 
you know, I, I would never say the name, of course, but I knew that person, and I knew them over the years, and I knew their commitment to the Lord and different things like that, and therefore, I had a compassion well up in me, and the Spirit of God come on me to pray for them for restoration. And what, you know, sometimes our actions create consequences, you understand. But I had a heart to pray for them and just wept for them and just prayed for them. And Lord, I ask you to restore them and, and bring them. And you know what? God showed me that he would bring them to a place. It was going to have to be their choice and decision. I couldn't do that for them, but my prayers were helping them. So let's get out, uh, let's, let's stopping, stop looking through those uh, glasses of this sin. I can pray for it, but not this one. I can never forgive this. No, that's what Hollywood does. Hollywood says things like that, and they do them themselves in the background. They say, that, oh, I, we can never forgive somebody that did this, but they themselves are doing the same things. Let's not be like that. Amen. Let's not be like that. So praise the Lord. Let's pray for people. And let's have a heart. Because if we go into prayer, just in general, and, and, and we're asking for anything, but yet we're harboring unforgiveness. We're not willing to pray for certain people, but pray for others. Then we have a problem, don't we? Amen. So anyway, moving right along here, and we're going to uh, stop here any minute. <laughs> and it says, uh, and the like, let's, let's go to verse 21, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in, in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. You know, we have the law for people that practice unrighteousness, don't we? But let's, let's pray for people. Let's pray for Christians, especially those in the household of faith, that they'll get these things and be restored so that they won't any longer practice these things. Amen. Now, verse 22, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering, uh, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, faith, some translations say gentleness, self-control against such there's no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Now let's look at that word crucified. To extinguish. To drive down stakes. To fortify. So to extinguish. You take a fire extinguisher. You just extinguish that fire. Amen. Crucify the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let this be a lifestyle. Otherwise, if, if we're not making these things a lifestyle, it can turn around us and it can be a lifestyle for sin. And you can get to a place where you get so down, so low, and nobody in here has gotten to that place. But there have been people that actually lost their salvation. They knew faith, they knew the things of the Spirit, and came to a place where they got down so low that they, amen. The fact that you're here, the fact that you still uh, want to live right, 
you haven't gone too far, my friend. Nobody here that has any amount of hunger for the things of God has blasphemed the Holy Spirit. I'm just saying. All right, moving right along. If you didn't understand that, then let's just move on. So, because uh, I'm not preaching about that right now. So verse 24, and those who are Christ have crucified or extinguished the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not become conceited, pro provoking one another, envying one another. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual restore such a one. See, we need to pray for people. You need to restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens. That, that literally means to come alongside and help. You know, you may have to do it over the phone. And, and certain people, uh, if somebody's hurt you or something like that, you know, uh, or a husband and a wife, we've had to minister to people, um, it doesn't mean it's okay for the husband to hit the wife and smack her and, and she just got to walk in love and put up with it. No, walking in love isn't being a doormat. Okay? But you, you're going to have to love that person long distance. Why? Because they hurt you. And they're going to have to prove themselves. And sometimes it's going to take some time to prove themselves before you can actually be around a person or what have you. Well, we're not going into all that, but I'm just saying that if you're harboring unforgiveness, though, that's different. Being away from somebody because you don't want them to hurt you and harboring unforgiveness and not being willing to pray for them as the Holy Ghost comes on you to pray for them, um, that can hinder our lives. Amen? And in the church, too many people are critical of others because of this sin or this sin or this sin. We've got to use wisdom with all these things. But let's be willing to pray for people that they would be restored. And sometimes they're going to have to be long distance. You understand? So, you know, a husband and wife, you know, you, you can't be smacking around on your spouse and expect to, to have us supporting you. I mean, frankly, Pastor Jade would like to take you around the barn. I mean, I've, I've said to young people, had one situation where a young person pushed their parent, and I just had to, you know, say, look, you don't do that. You're starting off on the wrong foot, and you don't have any favor with us doing stuff like that. Now, get it right. You haven't had the best background. You didn't have the right upbringing. Your dad wasn't the right example, but just stop it, because we're not putting up with that. And we're about ready to take you out behind the barn. So, you know, and you, you got to be careful with that. <laughs> you can go to jail if you take somebody out in the barn. <laughs> but, you know, anyway, move right along. No, it, and, and when we say that to him, we're saying it in love, not out of judgmentalism. we got to say it in love. We're teaching, we're training people. You understand? We love you. And, I, and I'll be honest with you, that particular person I'm talking about, they grew up to be a just a... a a wonderful blessing. Wonderful blessing. Made a, a, tremendous changes and is just a real blessing. And so what would we do if we just turned everybody out of the church? You know, fish need to be cleaned. You understand? And we've had people say, you know, so-and-so shouldn't be allowed to come to church because they did this, this, and this. I'm like, oh, really? So who made you God? Maybe you shouldn't be coming to the church because... You'd be a blabbermouth is what you'd be. 
So we allow people to come to the church and make mistakes. How about you? Maybe you'd like to come here and, you know, you can't ever make a mistake. You can't ever do anything wrong. You can't ever think anything wrong, you know. Well, good luck with that. Amen. You understand what I'm saying. But let each one examine his own work. Then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another, for each one shall bear his own load. And it's basically saying, come along, people, and help and be a blessing. And that's what we're talking about today. Why don't you stand up? We're, we're talking about praying for one another. Now, we'll start praying here. We're going to uh, actually go to some scriptures here. I'm just having you stand up so that you can get a breather. But if you want to sit down at any time, feel free. We are not burdened by having to stand up and pray. All right? If you've been, it's been a long day and you want to sit down, feel free. Your faith works in the chair as well as it does standing up. All right. So anyway, uh, let me find the scripture if it's okay with you. If you want to get a drink or, you know, do something. Okay. 431. Praise the Lord. Was this all right? Yeah. So uh, let me read something here. God wants to confirm his word. And display his power, but he needs ministers to become more skilled in the ministry of the word and operating in their endowments in order to bring healing, health, and great blessing to the church as well as the world. And the church must press in and pray for their pastor. So it's not all about the pastor, right? We need to pray. The church needs to pray for their pastors and ministry leaders and use their authority, be continually filled, as well as reach out and respond to the leading of the Spirit in faith. Now, the reason that we started out talking about, because when we don't have right things inside, when we're not walking in love, when we're allowing oppression in and we're living in condemnation, it affects our authority. We have authority. Even if a policeman is a bad policeman and they're not walking out the right things, they still have a badge and they are still backed with authority. They can still stop a Mack truck and get in front of it, you know, I guess, <laughs> and say stop because that badge gives them authority. That city backs them up. We have authority in Christ's name, but there are things that can hinder our assurance in using that authority. So what we're going to do, and, and therefore, when we're getting ready to pray, it's just motions. Because we haven't dealt with the things, and we're, we're just being a good Christian. You understand? So what I'm going to ask you, because we need to pray for our pastors. We need to pray for the, the conference. We need to pray for Pastor Nancy. We need, you know, before we come to services, we need to pray. But I'm going to ask you right now, let's just bow our heads. If there's anything hindering you, I'm just going to ask you. I'm not saying you have to raise your hand or say what it is. Just say, Lord, I lay it down by faith.